Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 115. Today, we're going to be talking about how we can be supporting our teachers as they support their students as content creators. And we're going to say it, guys, while on quarantine. That's it, of course. If you're an educator, if you're in school, I'm sure you know somebody who's not physically in the classroom these days, but it doesn't stop the fact that we are here to help our students, support our students, and you know what? We are here to talk today about how we can be supportive to our teachers as they strive to be awesome in their classrooms. I have with me my co-host, as always, Miss Susan Vincent. Susan, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I am wonderful uh, getting through this week, Um, just plugging along as usual, and... um you know, looking forward to all the great conversations we're getting ready to have and um, continuing working with my teachers as we go through the week. Now, we're talking today about helping students while they're, you know, not able to come into the buildings. I'm assuming that this has been a topic that has affected your district or a district near yours. Talk to us a little bit about how things are going down in Kentucky. Well, here in Kentucky, um, yeah, unfortunately, several of our districts have hit what's called the red zone. Um, our local public school district where my, my own kids go, um, they have gone from face-to-face back to um, remote learning this week. Um, my own school where I um, work, we're still face-to-face with our synchronous and virtual learning options at the moment. So, um, you know, that's where we are and going day by day. And, you know, things in Connecticut have not gotten any easier since the last time we got together. It seems like no matter who I talk to, more more buildings are going out, classrooms are going out, teachers are going out. It is getting nutty. I want to bring on a guest of ours today who is not a stranger to the TeacherCast Educational Network. He is a podcaster, he's a science teacher, and he is a tech coach, Mr. Eric Guys. Eric, how are you today? Welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm doing great. I'm... Uh... You know, right in the thick of it, just like everybody else is. But uh, we're making making progress and making do and trying to locate some best practices. Now, uh, I know you do some tech coaching stuff. We'll talk about that. But you also, at the beginning of the year, became an AP science teacher. I got to ask, how's that going? You know, when people are getting frustrated, I kind of understand it. I'm living it. Uh, it's kind of good to get me back into the classroom just so I can experience some of their pain, but it also <laughs> allows me to grow with them instead of, I don't know, sometimes I think we get out of the classroom for too long and you just don't understand the day in, day out struggles. But I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm I'm, I'm living it, I'm learning from it, and I'm only going to be better from it. I Right. completely agree with you and yeah. you know last year when i when i went back into teaching middle school had a full teaching load and have tech coaching um 
I, I, I'm with you. It was fun to go into the classroom. It was fun to have class. You know, I, I missed it. I was out for four or five years. Um, I'm back out now being a full-time tech coach, but but what what is it like for you right now? I mean, talk to us a little bit about it. As an AP teacher, you have rules, you have guidelines. I'm assuming you're still teaching to an AP test, which may or may not happen in the in the springtime. I mean, what what is it like teaching a class that's so, you know, boxed in, I guess, you know, has a lot of rules to it? I mean, talk to, how do you do labs? How do you do lectures? How, how are you doing it, my friend? Well, first of all, I I don't know if I'm really doing it. <laughs> I I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, and other teachers, we're doing the best that we can. But when it comes to these AP tests, when you don't have any strict guidelines, like we have no clue what the spring is going to look like. All right. So how – I could tell you this. I started with Unit 7 and 8 this year. Well, if they do any corrections to the test, they're probably going to do, they're going to cut out unit seven and unit eight, and then I'm going to have to punt later on. But, you know, with the technology and everything, you learn every day. You learn that students do not like to be taught a certain way, and they like to be taught, you know, another way. And really, you fail and and you get a little bit better from your failures each and every day until you have something that is a best practice. And it's really no different. We're just in pandemic times. You know, we we uh, we always make tweaks as teachers. And this year is no different. We're just really starting at the uh, level of tech uncomfortable. And we're trying to work towards tech comfortable. So do you find that your background uh, in technology, you know, obviously you're forward thinking, you've got a, you know, you've got a good solid foundation here. Is that helping you? Is that just part of the process? Do you find that sometimes it hurts you because you, you, you've got so much stuff going on in your head. It might be hard to focus on what's going on. You got a lot of solutions for, for a problem that's maybe too big. I mean, how is it trying to, trying to put all this together and, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that you could be doing, but you still got to be focused. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, picture me, you know, I'm not the smallest guy in the building, but I have my backpack on and I'm carrying this big box of tech goodies up to a classroom trying to figure out how I'm going to teach uh, simultaneously to, you know, kids in the classroom and kids that are remote only and kids that are in the classroom the next day, but remote on the opposite days. So I go up there and I have eight different pieces of equipment and I'm just like, all right, today I'm just going to be swapping in equipment until we figure out something that works. And that's what I did for the first couple days until I found something that I liked. And now I have a setup that I, that I kind of like, uh, in the classroom, I have a, um, webcam with a speaker on it. And I put a piece of Velcro on the back of it, and I put Velcro all around the room. I got this USB uh, extender cable, and if I'm doing something on the board, I'm running that I'm running that uh, webcam over to close to the board, and I'm sticking it on that piece of Velcro. And then I'm back to the other side of the room. We're doing a lab, and I'm sticking it on another piece of Velcro. So you know, it is working. Uh, I'm getting better at it each and every day, and. 
when you find something that works, you got to share it with everybody, your PLN, your people at work. Uh, so we have like nine of us using the same setup right now, especially in science. And it's just great. So you say you're running around your room with Velcro and a webcam. Are, do you have kids in front of you now or are all your kids out or what, what is the what, what's the mix look like right now? So I have 16 kids in my class. Um, six of them are in, six of them are out and four are remote all the time. They they had the choice to do whatever they want. So we're going A through K is one day, L through Z is the next. And then the next two classes, I only see everybody virtually in the afternoon. How do you get them their materials? I'm not, I, I'm not too familiar with the AP classes, how it works and stuff. I mean, th th are they doing labs? Do you have to get them things? Do they come to the school to pick up a baggie full of stuff? Like how, how does the file transfer work in a physical environment? <laughs> Well, first of all, I have not made a single copy of anything this year. Uh, not one. We're, we're asked not to. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. If they want to print it out, that's fine. So everything's pushed out through our LMS. As far as the lab stuff goes, I have to modify it so it's them using household items. And anytime that I'm doing any... Most of my class is a lot of simulations. I'm finding virtual simulations for them to do. And then we try to get in a nice conversation to connect the dots. I mean, really, we have this big course. We have all these little topics that go in it. Um, I'm giving them a big topic to go over. And then we're trying to connect the dots during our virtual study. There's a lot of stuff going on, Susan, right? You, wow. Every time we, yes. we have a guest on, every time we talk to another tech coach, everybody's got their own way of doing uh, things. I know so many different scenarios. I know today I was working with a teacher who has a five camera setup in her room. And I, I, cool. I'd love to share with her the Velcro idea. I think that's pretty cool. But literally she's got that. two tablets running between her and her co-teacher on the same hangout. She's got a bunch of desktops running around, one connected to the board. I mean, they're all on the same exact meet yes. or teams or whatever she happens to be using at the time. It, it just shows the, the best way to do this, the best way to survive, the best way to get through the day is is by working with others, seeing what's out there, learning from each other. And you know what, Susan? That's why it's important right now for tech coaches to come together and join our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network. Yes, it is a free professional learning network. You can learn all this stuff over at teachercast.net slash TC and form you can sign up on our free application form teachercast.net slash tcn form each and every wednesday we have our tech coach roundtable meetings at 8 30 completely free of charge you guys can come in share whatever you want we've got more than 300 tech coaches all coming together on our little network sharing files sharing ideas sharing stories sharing lesson plans and there's a lot of great things coming over com coming over right now and i want to say if you guys are out there on the fence if you're a tech coach maybe a new tech coach looking for some help looking for a pln or looking to learn how to use Velcro. Check out all the great stuff over there. And of course, you know, you can always find us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Lots of great stuff over here at the TeacherCast Educational Network. But today, guys, we are talking all about those content creators. You know, we're talking about things like what Eric is going for. Students need to be makers. They need to be doing projects. They need to be doing labs. But they could also be doing videos. They could also be doing audio files. There's a lot of great things. Sue, talk to us a little bit about some of the stuff that you're working on. I know your teachers, whether they be virtual, hybrid, physical, whatever, they're expecting their kids to also be creators. Yes. In fact, um, when Jeff and I were discussing what to talk about on this week's episode, I had just had a conversation with 
three different middle school teachers on just on Monday about this very thing um, after I keep talking about our October 1st PD, which was just wonderful. And they keep, they keep talking about it, but now the teachers are excited. So they're ready to make products and have the students make products. So the one conversation I had was with a middle school science teacher, seventh grade, teaching the life sciences at that grade level in our school. And so they're going over the cell, the makeup of the cell, the uh, parts of the cell. And again, she's synchronous. So we have, you know, 15 or so students in her class and, you know, six or eight online at the same time, virtual. So she's like, I've got to have a way for these students at home to be able to see and be able to interact with that 3D picture. So, which we'll talk about some of the apps later, but ThingLink was one of those apps that I showed her and how the students could bring in a 3D picture um, from an image search and be able to label those parts and it makes it interactive. She can make it herself, absolutely, and she probably will. But then to get those students that hands-on um, activity, making them uh, be able to create that. And then I had another awesome conversation with language arts teachers um, at the middle school level. And there, this was a new project they're creating. It was a Who Am I project, and it's supposed to trace their life from when they were born, what's made them who they are and why, and they're writing, they've written about all this sort of like a memoir type piece. And then they're creating a piece of content and the teachers were doing some exemplars and they made Google slides and they were narrating, but she's like, I don't want them to think that everyone has to do a Google slide deck. So we were able to have that conversation of various ways, which we'll mention a few of those in a few minutes of how those students could illustrate and show um, what has made them who they are up to sixth, seventh, eighth graders. Eric, what are your thoughts on all of this stuff? I mean, AP classes aside, I know you also are running a podcasting group. Talk to yeah. us a little bit about this and how this whole thing works. Well, first of all, I, I typically get into this big uh, spiel about right now is the perfect time where we should be moving away from traditional testing and all that and exploring this whole avenue of content creation. I, I just feel that anyone can cheat right now. And a lot of people, that's the number one thing that teachers talk to me about is uh, the fact that kids can cheat on their tests. And I was like, well, then don't give them, you know, tests that they could cheat on. Give them something to explore how they can prove to you that uh, they know the content. If you can talk about it and talk about it without all the ums and ands and buts and all the stumble connector words, that's what I call them, then, you know, they know the material. And that's really the end goal is to make is to figure out what they know. Tell them that they could make an outline. They can they can make a storyboard for a video or they can make a storyboard for a podcast and then they have to talk about it. That's so hard to do. Uh, if you don't believe me, go, go find a audio recording source and, and give it a shot. Unless you really know that topic, like the back of your hand, you're going to stumble on it. So I, I, I really am pushing this uh, to our our teachers, I'm like, give them these projects. One, it's teaching them real world skills. Two, it's making them content creators, which is also that real world skill. 
But the other thing is, is it's giving them something that they're proud of and that they, they could share with their families and they could share with their friends if they're, if they're really happy with it. Let's take a look at some of these projects, right? Because right now everybody's kind of looking to see what is the best and, and easiest way to help our teachers out. Obviously, we have some teachers on one side of the spectrum. Some teachers are really pushing the borders and boundaries of what's possible. I know for myself, some of the the easiest things to do are those basic content creating apps. Google Slides, Google Drawings, Canva. The ones where basically it's like put some shapes together, put a, an idea together, you know, make a poster, make a flyer. I know even today uh, my district came to me and said, can you make me a video of something? And I said, yes. But then I also did like written directions of something in Canva, put it all together. Canva, if you guys don't know, free, but also yeah. is great for audio and video and just making anything that you really need to that, 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 you know, that's tangible in there. I love Canva. And Eric, I'm sure you're a Canva user. What do you think about using apps like Canva, Google slides, basic, you know, graphic designing applications, especially as you said, it doesn't have to be a multiple choice test. Show me that, you know, something. Yeah. I love Canva. It makes the, I, I mean, Nick makes fun of me. That's the guy, the other, uh, host of got tech the podcast but he makes fun of me all the time because my stick figures are they don't look like stick figures i mean they're that bad that you can't even classify them as a stick figure so i go to canva and it's like giving me the power to pass as someone that is artistically acceptable in this world of content creation so i love those things and i i think the fact that students can see that these programs exist and they're out there they can get excited about a quality product that they're they're making you know i used a simple video application today to make a 20 second animated graphic it was no sound very simple easy to do it took me five minutes to make a 20 second video and i inserted it into canva and i found the link in canva to make basically make it a website and now everybody can look at that link i can put that link into google classroom it's real simple and easy to use and now i made a, a pretty professional looking directions for my school for my community and for my students so what kind of things can we do when we're looking at apps like canva google slides what kind of projects can we help our, our, our teachers create oh my goodness there's so many out there i mean as simple as just a presentation of a graphic itself, but thinking in terms of infographics and having all the information there in one spot um, and showing the students that this is a way you can display information. And, you know, one thing my school did this year from our communications and marketing department is we usually do this big, long, um, Oh, annual review that goes out to the public for our school. But one thing they did was they used um, some of the Adobe apps in Canva to make just a picture infographic type thing of our annual review. And that was so easy to read. And then some of our students have since seen that. And we've explained, you know, present your book report this way. You don't have to give me a 10 page written report. You don't have to give me a 10 slide, Google slide or a PowerPoint, use Canva, use Adobe Spark and give me a graphical representation of it. You know, they love graphic novels when they're reading. So, you know, bring some of that uh, desire in that they have and put it toward these graphical design type apps. Now you might ask what, 
do you do to create some of these things? Uh, you guys mentioned a, a GIF hack on YouTube. What, who, who, somebody wrote that into the into the graph into the show notes here. Who wrote that? Yeah, that was me. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had one of our uh, TV production classes make a Harry Potter newspaper uh, using Google Slides, but they needed to find gifts that worked with their theme, whatever it was. They wanted to do Harry Potter. I said, fine, go to YouTube, find certain uh, parts of the Harry Potter clips that you want to turn into a GIF. And really, all you have to do is go to YouTube, find that video link. And right before YouTube up in the URL, if you type in GIF, uh, it will automatically send you to a GIF maker. And that brings it uploads the YouTube video, and then you select like the five seconds that you want to turn into a GIF, and it's 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 super awesome. I bet you have a a, a hack for doing that. We'll, we will certainly make sure that we have the link yes. for that in our show notes over at uh, Ask the Tech Coach episode number one hundred and fifteen. Um, let's talk a little bit about audio and video. Eric, you gave me something earlier today that I have never heard about. Um, and then we'll talk about some of the more traditional things. What, what is this app that you were showing me about? Soda pop. So, soda some, what, what is this thing? It's a, uh, it's called soda phonic. It's a standalone, uh, web-based, uh, platform. It also just came out with a, with a Google extension or Chrome extension. Uh, basically if you, if you're familiar with Twisted Wave or even Audacity or something like that, it's a simplified version of that. It's a f it's free. It says that you can sign up for an account, but you don't have to. Uh, you could use it just off of there. You can record right in there. You could edit right in there. And then it downloads as an MP3 or a WAV file. Or you could use a shareable URL. But it's, it's an awesome... I mean, this is one of the things that I'm very excited about this year because it plays nicely with uh, Chromebooks. I had students last week podcasting. My AP Bio students are making an AP Bio podcast, and uh, they each had a, a little portion of the evolution unit that they had to put into a five to seven minute podcast episode, and they all used... Um, soda phonic so that's an awesome one now the extension it doesn't allow you to edit um, but it does record any audio that you have into an mp3 and then you could take that mp3 and upload it onto the sodaphonic.com website and you could edit it in there so there's no the one thing i really like about it is it's free there's no account so you don't need to worry about uh ferpa copa and the other thing is, is there's no length. Uh, like it doesn't cut you off after five minutes. It's it's like the dream of, uh, you know, tech. Uh, that is awesome. This yeah. one will get shared with those middle school teachers tomorrow yeah. for those who are my projects. I'm on it. That looks like <laughs> something I'm going to want to put into my PD session as we go through, because mm -hmm. uh, if you guys are listening to this on Monday morning, I'll be doing PD tomorrow like many people are doing because it's election day tomorrow as yes. you guys are listening to this. Thank 
God. All right. Um, also, you know, audio and video, I, I, I do want to bring up the ones that we, we, we kind of toss around, but they're so important. I'm a major fan of Wii Video. In fact, tomorrow I'm doing a whole hour-long presentation with Wii Video and on Wii Video, showing teachers how it is a great application, not only for editing, editing with your kids, but also for creating those video tutorials, for creating audio podcasts. Soundtrap is another one. Um, yes. There's a lot of great things that you can do. Those two apps, you know, Adobe Spark has a great video creation app. Sue, out of, out of those three, is there anything that you favor, or is it all really all depend on the teacher, the ability level, the projects? Or you know, I know you're not a, you're more of a projects over tools person, but any any favor any favoritism for anything in there? Uh, well, personally, I haven't used Wii Video as much. Um, Cause I guess I'm more of a Mac user and lean toward iMovie for that realm. But you know, out of those three, I'm probably more prefer Adobe spark. I work a lot more focused at the elementary level I tend to. So Adobe spark has worked well for that level of students. Cause it's just kind of right there, the tools, you know, inserting the videos, inserting the images, editing quick and easy for elementary students there. So I tend to lean more toward Adobe spark. But the others certainly have places for various types of projects. Eric, where do you lean on that? We video, Soundtrap, Spark, other. What, what, what would you push on a teacher, you know, given all things equal? I know they're all free. I know they're all premium. But, you know, you walk into my classroom. I'm doing something. What's your go-to? I know a lot on podcasts you get asked if you could take three tools to an island and you have to live with that tool. Uh, we videos that tool for me. Uh, you can you can make anything on we video screencast, podcast, video, uh, a GIF. You could do any of that on we video. So that that's definitely my go to uh, creation tool when it comes to videos for sure. There certainly are a lot of great things out there. We would love to hear what you guys think. Of course, you can find us over at Ask the Tech Coach on Twitter. And of course, if you are in our Teacher Cast Tech Coaches Network, we would love to hear your suggestions. We do place these uh, audio podcast links in each of our weekly uh, newsletters out to our tech coaches. So let us know what you're thinking here. Um, let's kind of go from that into our screencasting apps. We just talked a little bit about uh, Wii Video being a great screencasting app. I mean, I'm telling my teachers use that not only because we have a uh, a subscription to it, but but what are your favorite screencasting apps not named Wii Video? Uh, my go-to is uh, Screencast-O-Matic. I, I I like it over Screencastify just because I find the editing tools are far superior. Uh, another thing is is when I think about my tools, I also think about my special ed population and the fact that. Screencast-O-Matic will allow you to put closed captioning and transcripts and all that stuff. It generates it for you. I, I mean, you just can't beat it. So I'm going with Screencast-O-Matic on this one. I'm more of a fan of Screencastify just because I've used it more. And I know a lot of people like Loom. Um, so that's another one that does very similar stuff um, we have great luck with screencastify because of it is the google chrome extension we're a chromebook one-to-one -one. Um, so it works well for our students as we've pushed it out for student use also so another one we have listed down here in the show notes eric i think you uh, added it too is that lorad it sounds like something where we're watching santa claus on the norad radar coming for christmas but nah. extension. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the lorax it's not the lorax 
but uh, it's called IORAD. It's actually an I. Um, so earlier, Jeff was mentioning that he's he goes to Canva and he, he uh, builds a video and then he has the written out version of a tutorial that he's making for his staff. Well, IORAD, this extension will do just that. It, you could take a video of your steps and every click, it's gonna make little short segments. So they, they, they'll click on your tutorial. It will take them just through one of the steps and then it will stop. So you go do it. And then you go through another step and another step and you could type in uh, text as well. So that will resupport all the video stuff. So the IRAD extension is is pretty uh, is pretty awesome. So what a great way to break it into parts for those people who want to take it at a slower pace. You, you could also take pictures as well. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it was part of Camtasia. What is the uh, screencast? They're the clipping tool. Yeah, I, I they was going to mention that because yeah. it's called Jing is, a, is, a, is the full thing. And, and I never really got into Jing seriously until last week when I'm realizing it's not just a screen clipping tool. It actually helps you make all these great uh, PDFs and stuff. I mean, it gives you a whole bunch of uh, templates and stuff for you to make how-to tutorials and videos Very good. extremely easily. I'm, I I. I've had it forever. They they're always nice to give me an updated version because I always do a little you know uh, write up of it and stuff. But I never honestly really got into it because I've always thought, well, I I can do screen clipping here with you know Shift Command Four. Why do I need an app? And I started really playing with it this week, and I went, darn, that's really cool and and really easy to make. So Jing, Canva, um, Irad, GIF Creator, you know Google Slides. Let's never forget that. Um, even on the Microsoft side, can you do it in Publisher? Can you do something in Sway? These are all great ways to help uh, students have creative outlets. But here's the question. Here's what we're really going to get down to. And, and, and you know, we're going to wrap up with this. As the tech coach, how do you help your teacher with this? How do you help them create these lessons where there is no right answer? where a kid can be home, do 10 minutes of work or do 10 hours of work. And how do you grade these different things? How do you trust the kids to do this stuff? Eric, what advice do you have for the tech coaches out there who are trying to help their teachers and really coach this concept of student creativity is okay. Here's the first step in doing it. I mean, the biggest thing that I can say is just like if we were in school, we always have our little ways of finding teachers, collaborating with teachers. And then once they trust you, they will come find you after that. Uh, I'm doing the same thing virtually. I, I crashed a Zoom meeting the other day. I didn't crash it. She gave me the link, but I still crashed it. They had no clue I was coming. And, and I got in there and I was like, all right, today we're going to go over we video or whatever it was uh and i'm in there and i show them a couple little things and then the teacher and i we kind of i want i don't want to say good cop bad cop but we had some type of a collaborative nature there where uh she uh she knows her students she knows their interests so how can we connect their interests with content to some type of creation tool. And that's that's the big thing here. That's what you want to do. You want to figure a way to get those three aspects together. So them working with the content turns into a passion project rather than 
an assignment. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with that. Just go in, make yourself present, give them little short, small tidbits of this is what you can do with this prod product. Have a couple screencasts that says, hey, this is exactly, if you want to do a green screen tool, you, you click on this video and I'll show you how to do that. Or if you want to make a gift, this is where you go. And then from there, let them take it where they want to take it and, and meet the uh, content um, standards that the teachers set for them. Yes, it's it's I keep thinking, you know, as I'm going through the year, we were talking about goal setting last week. And this is a huge goal that I've had for my teachers is, you know, getting out of the way you've always done it and think outside the box of how you can do things differently. And I keep going back to the thought of, wow, it's taken a pandemic and a whole year in our life to get these teachers to kind of see the effects and what is capable out there in the area of technology integration and that we as tech coaches, we've been talking to them about this for how many every years and now they're finally getting their eyes open due to a pandemic causing us to go virtual and they're seeing the um, effects of what we need to do to, like Eric referred to earlier, is to make things not cheatable. We want them to be able to show us what they know. And they're finally opening their eyes to that. Talk to us about a little bit about, you know, going up the ladder, right? As a tech coach, we always want to make sure that we're showing off our value. We always want to show off how we're helping our students. What if we don't have a administration team that gets it? Right. You know, what if we don't have an administration team that really supports it? How do you have those conversations with your with your administrators that say, look, I know half of us are on quarantine this week and half of us are on quarantine next week. But, man, I'd really love a, a, a subscription to WeVideo or I'd really love a subscription to Loom or something like that. How do you make a, a, a case for keeping the creativity going amidst all this chaos and craziness that's going on? Eric, what's the right answer on this one? Uh, I don't know if there's a right answer, but I will tell you something that's been working for me. And I'm blessed because I have an administration that does get it, uh, which is awesome. But, um, you know, the best way of going around this or about this is, one, find some type of product that you want to use as a tech coach, reach out to them and be like, hey, I want a free trial or what can you do for me? And, and most times they want to get that product in your hands. But then you already have to know what you're going to do with it before this even happens. That way, when you do get granted a month trial, you have five or six teachers in your back pocket that are ready to work on something with you. And then when you're done with that, you, I like to take the back seat. I don't want any recognition. I want my staff to get the recognition because if they love it, if the students love it, they'll fight the battle for you. All right. I will be there to, you know, provide that idea to the administration, but really my supporting factors are the students and teachers that have tried this product. And then you give them some of uh, the projects that the students have done and they could see it for themselves. And a lot of times they're like, our students made that. And you're like, yeah, they did. And they did a fantastic job and they ran with it. And this tool made that happen. 
great advice. Very good. I couldn't have said it better myself. Those work samples are huge. Collecting that from the students and having that show for itself. You know, one of of the things that we talk about here, Susan, a lot is keeping that that tech coach portfolio, something that I work Mm -hmm. on every time that somebody gives me a project to do, I stick it up on my Google site. That way, if anybody ever asks, A, it's yes, here's what we're doing, but also here's the technology behind our success in this district. Here's what we're using. Here's how it's being done. Here's the grade level. I kind of have everything charted out. So that way, at the end of the year, if we are having those tough budget meetings that says how much are we spending? Where are we spending it on? What's the output you consider and go, look, we have X number of kids who are using a video tool, X number exactly. of kids that are using a drawing tool, X number of kids that are using a, and you can actually back up all of these great things with data. And, and mm-hmm. it, it just helps bring these things together. And you know, Eric, there's really one great place to learn how to do all that stuff. I know you're going to ask where, but I'm going to tell you where, and that's the TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network. You can check out all the great stuff over at teachercast.net slash Forum. Check out our free application today. We would love to have you there. And Eric, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. I didn't even get a chance to talk to you guys about your awesome podcast. Uh, we had mentioned Nick and uh, some of the things that you're doing, but talk to us a little bit about the Got Tech Show. So the Got Tech Show is basically a show that helps uh, teachers out uh, by doing the research for them on all the awesome tech tools out there. I know I shared a bunch with you today, like Sodaphonic, IRAD, and the GIF hack. But what we do is we find these little tips, tricks, and tools, and we bring light to them on our podcast so you can use them the next day or the day after. And that's going to save you some time because we're doing the research, we're giving you templates, we're giving you ideas, and we love to connect with you on Twitter. So I'll just throw out our Twitter handle there, which is at guys got tech. Uh, Nick's at Nick got tech and our podcast is at we got tech. So there's a lot of got teching there. Um, but yeah, so that is our podcast. And also we'll throw a couple of the videos that we created on our YouTube channel. Um, as far as how to use soda phonic and the, do the GIF hack. One of the things that I certainly recommend is checking out your newsletter. You got a great thing going on there, and you also are giving away a, a free download of 50 Chrome extensions for the student-centered classroom. Check that stuff out over at gottech.com, G-O-T-T-E-C-H-E-D.com. Great show, great podcast, and hey, I got to still say it, our great-looking website. <laughs> uh, thanks for your help, Jeff. If you're looking for a great website, you can, of course, check out all of our friends over at educationalwebdesign.com. If, you can want, if you're looking to have your website redesigned, check it out over at educationalwebdesign.com. Speaking of which, Susan, how are you yes. doing? Where can we find you? And uh, what's the update these days? We are working hard on techimaginations.net. You know, pandemic has gotten in the way, but it, it's, it's going to get there. And Jeff is helping me right along. Techimaginations.net. I think we are. I we've been we've been we've been working on this since May. Yeah, I guess. something like that. The website's on quarantine. That's all that we can say. It's I on quarantine. It's, that's right. Yeah, that's it. There you go. So there you go. Educationalwebdesign.com. One done. One maybe someday we'll get it finished. We'll It'll see what get happens there. here. And of course, you can check out all the great stuff for this show over at askthetechcoach.com. This is episode number 115, talking about how we can keep student creativity going both in and out of the classroom. We would love to hear from you guys. And heck, just like Eric, we would love to have you be a guest on our next episode. Check us out over on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Join our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network at teachercast.net slash 
TCN form. And that wraps up this episode of the Ask the Tech Coach show. On behalf of Eric and Susan and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury. Happy Election Day tomorrow. Keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing the great work with your students. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.